Hi, and welcome. Buckle up for a new episode of Beyond the Green Line, the only podcast hooking you up for a virtual coffee date with some of the leading change makers, industry experts, and everyday activists in environmental and agricultural sciences. So pop in your headphones, go for a walk, and get ready for inspiration, ideas, insights, and real-life stories beyond the green line we balance along. Hi, welcome to the Moss Environmental Podcast. We are here today with Chanel gleason Willy. She is the founder of Moss Environmental and our esteemed leader here in Tamworth. And we're going to be having a chat today about all things Moss Environmental, including how the company started, why it started, and how a Sydney girl ended up in Tamworth and the various different training and career moves that were really helpful to her along the way. So thank you very much for listening. Please give us a follow, subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on the next episode and head on over to our socials to hear a bit more about us and our company. So Chanel, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Rowan. Can you please give us a bit of a brief introduction into Moss Environmental and how that company started? Sure. So Moss Environmental is a generalist environmental consulting company. We play in the areas of environmental impact assessment, contaminated land management, ecology, and various other things, including sustainability and any sort of environmental monitoring. So the the company started about six years ago and it was born out of a need for me to go back to work and basically get out of the home after having my second child. I being in you know a regional location, I applied for a couple of local jobs and found that I was struggling to find a, a job that I would find challenging and interesting to start with. And secondly, that I was also struggling just to get a job, basically any sort of job. I got to the point where I was just saying, I'm just happy. I would just be happy to get out of the house. I just want a job. You know, I have a young baby. So it would be nice just to have even an easy job to go and do a couple of days a week for something different. And that was even a struggle at the time for me to find. So after a little bit of, you know, hustling by my husband, Nick, I decided to take the plunge and start my own company, which at the time was really just a decision to go out and to do a bit of consulting. You know, really it was it was freelance environmental consulting at the time with no real intention to grow into anything like what we have today. I had it in the back of my mind constantly for the first year that we were in operation, that it was a fallback plan and, oh, one day, you know, I'll go and get a, another job. And it's just, it's just going to be a, a stopgap for a, for a little bit of time to give me something to do and to keep myself current in the industry. But after the first year, things just took off. The company was wildly successful compared to what I thought it would be. And there was no turning back, basically, from that point. I couldn't have hoped for you know a better outcome than what we ended up with. I, I guess it stemmed from the fact that I wasn't, I probably wasn't willing to settle for less than what I'd already had in my previous career before children. And my career before children was with large 
you know, large companies, either Australian or multinational companies. And I just didn't want less than what I'd had. So went about trying to make something uh, similar to, to my positions beforehand. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. And definitely something that I think a lot of, a lot of women can relate to, um, how hard it can be to jump back in after having kids. That does kind of bring us to my second point on why it started. You've sort of already covered that. Can you talk a bit more about, in terms of how it started, the practicalities of, of starting a new business in not a big city, in, I wouldn't call it a small town, but a, a smaller city? Yeah, sure. So I was really, I guess, fortunate at the time that I started the company that not long after registering for, the, for an ABN, which really is you know, you, you um the, the starting point for, for a, a business of any description, you go and you fill out your online form for registration and voila, you have a company or a business at least. And it was a bit surreal. I remember clicking that button and going, wow, I'm a, kind of like a business owner, but there's no fanfare. <laughs> it's, it's just an email. So then from there, I guess I was again, lucky that I didn't know what I didn't know. i never run a business. I came from a family um, of business owners. My grandparents were business owners throughout a lot of their career. My parents um, owned a business for many years, but I still felt like I didn't really know the ins and outs of what you had to do for business. I didn't actually know, which is in hindsight, probably a really good thing (laughs) because otherwise I might've been scared away from the entire process. You know, it is quite risky thing to do. And yeah, fortunate that I didn't know though that at the time. So the practicalities, I guess in a regional place or a regional city like Tamworth, is that at the time there was very poor internet in a lot of Tamworth, especially once you got out of the CBD. There was limited commercial space if I did want to expand to have a team and it was quite expensive at the time. So I was very, very fortunate that literally weeks after starting the business, I came across a post from a colleague of mine who had started a business called Savvy Birds. And she was talking about this wonderful you know, space and new initiative of the University of New England to call the Smart Region Incubator and how it had been set up to promote entrepreneurs and startups and into small businesses and help us grow. So I went, right, I'm going to jump straight onto that. That sounds perfect for me. So I applied and I was the second entrepreneur to apply to the program and was given a role or given a spot on the program almost straight away, which came with some office space and I guess all of the the normal trappings that you would expect for, you know, an office and and a business would need such as printing and Wi-Fi and all the rest of it. So whilst it might seem like well, yeah, a lot of people do take that sort of stuff for granted when it comes to a business that so it just it's just there it just happens it doesn't actually necessarily and it was really a good move to move into the SRI because I had gone from a home office where between the hours of about oh, 10 a.m and usually about 2 p.m um, I had no internet and I don't know why. It just happened that most days that was a a blackout period um, at home for us. And at the time, because I just started, I was able to manage my workload around that. But if that was the case now, there's no way that we could um, deliver on the projects that we need to deliver on. 
So, so that move was very fortuitous. And at the time I had, as I said, I, I wanted good internet and I wanted an office so I could get out of the house. And then I realized after joining that there was just so much more to um, the SRI uh, team and the connections that were made and the whole ecosystem that goes along with being part of the um, University of New England SRI. And it's really added a lot to the way that I run this company and the way that I built this company. That's really fantastic. It's a fantastic opportunity. So what were the training and career opportunities that you think you've received um, previously in your, your previous positions that have really helped you to land where we are today? That's an interesting question. I was given the opportunity by an environment manager that I worked with on the CPB Bogabai Rail Loop project to go and do some training in erosion sediment control, which was blue book training. And it was a pathway to getting an accreditation called a, a CPESC or a Certified Professional in Erosion and Sediment Control. And at the time, it was very relevant to the role I was doing and the roles that I had been doing. I didn't really know where it was going to take me, but I, I thought, yay, great. You know, four days worth of training in Sydney, this sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds exciting. I'll go do that. And I ended up loving the training so much that I did go and sit my CPESC exam and passed and decided to to go down the path of pursuing that as more of a specialty in my area in you know environmental science, which has led to lots of opportunities. One of which was applying for and being given a seat as a director on the the board for the International Erosion Control Association. And I get that has equipped me with a lot of business knowledge and a lot of insight into some of the behind the scenes that goes into running an entity. Um, the ICA is not profit, so it is slightly different to most environmental in the way that we run here. Uh, but it still gave me an invaluable insights into you know, companies and boards and how everything operates. And lucky enough to now be the president of ICA Australasia. And again, I'm just learning so much through that role, which I didn't learn as a, a director. And I certainly wouldn't have learnt as an employee if I didn't go down that path. So that is probably the the one and only training opportunity or experience that I think has helped me directly with the role here at Moss and how I've gone about setting up the company. That's fantastic. Thank you to Mr. Bogabri. My final question for you was to have a chat about how a um, Sydney girl landed in Tamworth. I think Tamworth personally is a fantastic town and I'm really passionate about encouraging all of my friends and family to, to move regional. I think there's no reason to be in a city anymore, but how did you land here? So I, as you said, started off in Sydney. I grew up there and went to university uh, in Sydney and got my first job. And I'd always wanted an adventure. You know, I, I love adventures at heart. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie and have done a, a fair amount of exciting travel in my time. And the next adventure that I wanted was to experience living in regional rural Australia. Growing up in Camden, I was surrounded by a lot of wannabe country people, lots of utes with lots and lots and lots of aerials that probably did absolutely nothing. 
and lots of RM Williams stickers. And I was, for me, it was it was a really confusing type of community. Like I love Camden and I love the community of Camden, but it's very confusing. You know, it's not country. Let's just face it. It's not. <laughs> and people, yes, there are farms. There are still lots of dairy farms and other types of um, cattle farms around Camden and people have horses and they, they might like the rural lifestyle, but it's not, it's not um, rural Australia. So I was looking at this and going, wow, you know, these, these people think they live in rural rural Australia and they sort of they play at, on it as a I guess a way that they live like it's part of their person persona basically that I will drive this you with these stickers with these aerials and this is what I'll do I'll drink you know rum and coke and <laughs> that'll be that'll be the way that I live my life as a country person and that was the I just found that so confusing so I thought well you know what I actually want to experience real rural Australia to see what it's like because I, I did find the whole lifestyle, the, the thought of the whole lifestyle very appealing and exciting. Like, I loved the excitement of potentially being able to visit some of these cattle stations and uh, work on a cattle station or even just be around country people who did that. So I tried to convince my boyfriend at the time that we should move anywhere anywhere at all in regional <laughs> Australia. I didn't have any particular location. I thought, well, you know what? I need to change jobs because my employer at the time was a small company and they changed location. So my commute was three hours each way. Absolutely ridiculous. And I was looking down the pipeline of my life and going, you know, I do want children and I don't want to be getting home at eight o'clock at night every night because I've got a three-hour commute. So... I was trying to convince him of this and he was like, oh, no, 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 I, I want to stay in Camden for the time being. I'm not really ready to move yet. So I was like, okay, I'll wait and got a new job with a new company. I think it was literally like three months later, he said to me, you know what, Chanel, I've got a job in Narrabri and I'm moving to Narrabri. <laughs> and I, I was absolutely floored. I was just like, you're what? <laughs> so being the, you know, the woman that I am, educated woman who wanted a career, I said, that's great. I gave you that opportunity three months ago and you said no and turn me down. So I'm not following you. I'm staying here, right here until I can get a good job up there. Then I'll move. So he did that. He moved up. I stayed down in Sydney and I refused to drive up to Narrabri more than about once every two months because it's a very long drive in a gold echo with no air conditioning. So he would come down almost every weekend, do the big drive, which showed me that that was true commitment. That's a, a massive drive sure. for a weekend. And eventually six months later, we, no, it must have been a bit more than that. It was about nine months later. I did get a job up in Narrabri and I was managing a small office for a consultancy based in Armdale. And then, yeah, I moved, changed jobs, which was was good timing because uh, in the meantime, Nick had proposed and we started to plan our wedding. We bought a house and voila, there we were in rural New South Wales in a town called Narrabri, which I loved. We were there for two years and it was a, is still a fabulous town. People were so kind and friendly and there was so much going on. It was a very exciting 
period of our of our lives. And two mu- two years down the the track for work reasons, because again, we still wanted to progress our careers. We both Nick and I ended up getting new jobs, which required us to move to Tamworth. So I think it was in the, in the space of about two months, we packed up in Narrabri, bought a house in Tamworth and moved over to start our new jobs a month later. That's awesome. Just a picture in my head of that scene in The Hobbit of Bilbo Baggins running down the street in the Shire yelling, I'm going on an adventure. you <laughs> <laughs> in your gold echo. <laughs> Chanel, this has been a fantastic chat. Thank you so much for telling us a bit more about Moss Environmental and the background where it all started. This has been really wonderful. And next week we'll be chatting to more fantastic science industry professionals. So please don't forget to subscribe and follow our podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Bronwyn. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Green Line, brought to you by Moss Environmental. Subscribe to our podcast for your weekly invitation to join the conversation. Until next time, keep thinking green.